Hi, James here, and welcome to Doc Talk Light, a little curated podcast, the best of bits from a longer show that I did with Dr. Jenna Burton. You might have heard it on Potaholics, you might have heard it on the James cast. A version of that conversation appears there as well. This is the Hemorrhoids Fisher Show. Yeah, we talked hemorrhoids, we talked fishers. We got right down into the dirty stuff. I know, you're thinking, oh, really? Did we have to talk about this? You're going to love it. It's podcast light. It's going to make your day, essentially. You're sitting in a meeting, you're at the water cooler, you're doing a little commute, you need something to distract you. Oh, you will be distracted. You're going to be informed, you're going to be educated, you're going to be entertained. You're going to love it. We're going to kick off the conversation with a little warm-up. Jenna talking cars. You'll get it. Here we go. This is the start of Doc Talk Light. How how are the cars running, by the way? How are uh, how are your vehicles doing? Are they they uh, are they all both on the road and in in rolling form, or do you got one in the garage? No, one has been in the garage. Thank you to Glenn from PowerWorks. The Glenn, the car guy, has been helping us very much with our car. We got quite a cheap Land Rover that. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of towards the end of its life, and we thought, well, you know, we'll just get it as a little runaround. We've already got our main car, which is our, like, old-school Pajero, which I didn't like at all when we got it, and now I've fallen totally in love with it because it's just such a reliable car. I actually quite like the drive. But the, the Land Rover, it's just been it's just been a money pit, to be honest. And every time we take it out, it ends up back in the garage, and... The problem is what we didn't didn't realise is that you cannot fit three car seats in the Pajero, oh. but you can the Land Rover. So now what was supposed to be our car just for little runabouts is now doing some serious mileage. Oh. So we're at that point where do we keep throwing money into this dying car or do we suck up the cost uh, and, and get get ourselves a new one that can fit three car seats? These are the things that people don't think about yeah. when you end up having another child. That's I didn't realize a Pajero can accommodate three car seats for kids easily. Yeah. No, and it's it's actually when we first got the car, to me it seemed huge. I thought, gosh, this is such a big car, especially from England where our cars are nowhere near as big. You know, it's not quite as common to have a four by four. In Dubai, everyone's got a four by four. And now compared to the Land Rover, it seems tiny. It seems like a really <laughs> small car. But you cannot safely get three car seats into the back. Hmm. And there's actually only a small handful of cars. You can get three car seats into that back row. And in the front seat, you have the airbag, which you cannot disconnect unless oh. you also disconnect the driver's airbag. Huh. So so it's, it's not what we had thought is we'd be able to disconnect the airbag and put a car seat in the, the front. It's not an option in the Pajero. So it, the, there is no way of having three car seats in there. Wow. Not safe anyway. Yeah. Well, there we go. That's good to know. That's really good to know. So what are you, uh, if you do ditch your money pit of a Land Rover, what would you go for? I personally would actually go for a new Land Rover. Really? I I actually really like the car. But my husband, I think now he's been put off Land Rovers given the problems that we've had. Uh, So I think we'd look at, well, one, a big car. So we're looking at the the big Ford Expedition. There's um, the Range Rovers can house three cars as well. There's also, which is the big Volvo, the big 4x4 Volvo, that can also house three car seats. Ah, the 70 or the, uh, what else, yeah. Because yeah. they are really great cars. I, yeah. You know, I can't believe I'm even saying this, but 
I have grown to love Volvo cars so much. We had one back in the UK, and I hated it again when it arrived. So I thought, God, this is ugly. I'm turning into my dad. I've got a Volvo. And do you know what? What a great car that was. It was a, it was a big estate car. It was this horrible, like light blue color that my husband picked. And it was, it could drive itself on the motorway. It would recognize when you were tired and give alerts to make you wake up. It was comfortable. It had a million gadgets on it. It was so easy for the boys to get in and out. It was just a brilliant, brilliant family car. And I was so sad when we were moving to Dubai and we had to let it go. So, yeah. Well, that sounds it. I I thought you were a Cadillac lady too. So I, I remember you used to own a Caddy, didn't you? No. <laughs> I thought you had a Cadillac when you were here. Was it, what, didn't you, didn't you own a, uh, or, or was that a, uh, was that a, a, oh, a Lincoln. Oh, there we go. So the, so the Lincoln Navigator, you're right in there for the, the Navigator, the Aviator. I absolutely loved the Lincoln. It was my favorite car ever, ever in the world. And my little boy is named Lincoln and everyone thought we named him after the car and that is what, not true. We actually named him after Lincoln Burroughs, was it? Yeah, um, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> we both, he was called Link. Everyone referred yeah. to him as Link. We were like, what a cool, a cool name. Yeah, Prison but Break. There we go. It. it just so happened that I had a Lincoln car. That's a great car as well, but very hard to sell. Yeah, well, there you go. So this will be this will be interesting to follow this story. But the, the the real issue becomes which one is more comfortable for your backside because that's where we're going on this talk. <laughs> that was a tenuous link. Tenuous link. <laughs> oh man! You know. Well, there you go. You have Dr. Jenna's take on the Mitsubishi Pajero. That sounded weird. The Mitsubishi. It's the Mitsubishi Pajero. Did that sound any different to you? Not really. Mitsubishi Pajero, the Range Rover, kids seats. It's a dilemma. It's a dilemma. It's a dilemma. Well, let's let's jump into our conversation here on anal fissures and the basics of those. I know you're thinking, really? We have to talk about this, James. Well, we do. So here's a little piece of the conversation I had with Dr. Jenna. Are some people more prone to having issues with their anus? Maybe folks who are doing a lot of bike riding, maybe folks who are, are seated a lot on hard seating. Do we, do we have any sense of treatment and people who are more, more prone to having issues? Yeah. So if you look at hemorrhoids, they're all slightly different. So you look, going back to piles and hemorrhoids, being overweight, having constipation, having to strain a lot are really common uh, common causes for hemorrhoids. The other thing is pregnancy, because think about the amount of weight you've got. Also, mm. pregnant women can often get quite constipated. So the combination of extra weight there and also having to strain a lot for your bowel movement are, are really good reasons that you would end up getting them. Uh, also, just as you get older as well, you tend to be more inclined to get hemorrhoids and the, the actual vascular tissue down there tends to get a little bit more fragile, so it's more likely to bleed. So that that's one of the main reasons. And you've mentioned also doing a lot of sitting. Can be, yeah, that can also mm. um, be a risk factor for hemorrhoids. And then how do you how do you treat it? It's, it depends on how bad they are. So there's different grades of them, and it also depends whether they're internal or external. The most common is that you would give someone a suppository, so it's a medication up the, the, up the posterior, James, and it's usually like a mild steroid. Okay. 
and it helps to reduce the swelling down there or you can give them a cream as well for the region and and that usually works quite well in the majority of people and you'd also talk about diet trying to reduce the, the how how stiff uh, sorry how solid their bowel movement is and try and maybe give a little bit of a laxative or a stool softener mm. if they're suffering with constipation talk about exercise exercise can help people to encourage bowel movements more more gently uh, and also to talk about weight management as well if it is sort of a weight issue uh, and the other thing is then if that doesn't work you're looking at injections again usually a, a small mild steroid to the region to try and try and shrink the vasculature a little bit so you don't get the bleeding and worst case scenario you are actually talking about surgery wow which to be honest it's but it's not frequent it's not it's not a, a first line thing that you do you would have normally have excluded every other option first and and usually the 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 more gentle things are, are, are quite competent to actually getting rid of the hemorrhoids. So it just depends on the individual and how resistant and how severe their hemorrhoids are. Um, and then if somebody is suffering quite badly with hemorrhoids, they also are at risk, especially if they're constipated, of getting an anal fissure. I'm sure you've looked at this with your reading because they're, they're nasty. <laughs> oh, man. I, not only did I look at it with the readings, and then there was some website that decided, you know what, we're actually going to uh, show you some pictures. And it was like, oh, I don't, I do not want to see these pictures. But, you know, it's in it. And it, like you said, it's like, whoa, this is really. I, all I kept looking at was going, man, this has got to be painful. I'm just, my eyes were scrunching, and I'm, I'm just going, this is, I, I can't even imagine how much that must hurt. And is, is it one of those situations where you didn't want to look at the picture, but you can't help but look at the yeah, picture? Yeah, exactly. You can't help but look. You don't want to look, but you can't help but look because you're, you're just going. In the back of my mind, I'm going, uh, make note of this because I don't want to get in that situation. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Oh yeah, and anal fissure is is. Effectively, just as it sounds, so it's part of the anus, which is the sort of the external um, part of your bottom um, where the stool comes out, and it, a fissure is basically like a cut. So mm. you get a really nasty little cut in the side of your bottom, and, and that can be so painful to to pass bowel movement. And obviously, the bigger the fissure, the worse the pain is. And again, it's treated in quite a similar fashion actually to the hemorrhoids. It's kind of pain relief. Um, and also trying to reduce the inflammation to the area, reduce the if it's a weight issue, looking at that. But usually it tends to be more related to constipation because it's pushing and it's a hard bowel movement that it's actually tended to cause a fissure. It's actually cut cut your anus. Um, also, people sometimes are in so much pain they have to get a little little ring to sit on. Oh, I've seen people that. with those. Okay, yeah. Well, don't, don't sometimes. What's that? Imagine sitting down with that no. on your bottom. How painful? Yeah, no, no, I, I can't. That's the thing about it. I've seen, I've, actually, I've seen quite a few of those at the drugstore. And I always often wonder, oh, is this, you know, for guys who've had vasectomies? Is this, are people using these who've recently given birth? Like, what are people using those for? All the things start going through my mind. Of course, I'm not asking because I don't want the person to think that I need it. But, you know, it's like, hmm, interesting. Well, probably all those people are using James. It's not just for people with anal fissures. It's it's for the the works. I mean, pregnant women that have had a episiotomy, so a cut um, in order to increase the vaginal opening to get out a baby. Yet they use them. People with anal fissures, and sometimes with anal fissures, if they are not responding to the more gentle treatments, so the conservative management, they will need to be stitched up. Wow. So they will they will actually require. I mean, it's a very very minor surgery. Yeah. We're talking about a case. But still, that uh, you still have to have your bowel movement. So even yeah. in the recovery phase, you're still going to the toilet. So it's 
it's, it's, it's hard going recovery. It's, it's yeah. exceptionally painful. So you've got to load these people up on painkillers, try and get them rested and give them aids at home so that sitting and just doing general things are, are a bit more yeah. comfortable. Are, are we, in some cases, those folks who are, are finding themselves in a situation with fissures and, and hemorrhoids and that, are we part of our own worst enemy here in that we, we hope that it's going to go away, we kind of ignore it until it's gotten to a point where it is urgent? Is that something that you've noticed? I think that is a very fair comment because... especially when it's something down below. So when it's in an area that people don't want to go and show a doctor, they don't want to talk about, they'd rather pretend that it just didn't even exist, they will leave it and leave it and leave it until the point that it's actually, it's a lot worse and a lot more difficult to manage. So that's a very fair comment. And if you see bleeding or you have pain down there, don't be afraid to go and see the doctor. You've got to remember that... Doctors have seen these things a million and one times. You know, in a clinic, you'll tend to see one every day. Wow. It's just, it's common. I mean, I- Well, when you're thinking then of all of this, when we're thinking it down below, maybe a big question becomes cleanliness. Does cleanliness change things? Let's jump in to that conversation. You can now buy, and I've seen this on a few sites, but you can buy these retrofitters, kind of like the Japanese toilet system for a regular toilet that also helps to turn it into a bidet. And their logic is that when your hands are dirty, you wash them. You don't just wipe them off with, you know, with a paper towel. You wash them. So why wouldn't you wash your backside? And I'm going, well, that kind of makes a lot of sense, actually. And again, to promote you know, cleanliness and, and such. So that's what, that was kind of leading there. If, if I was using the B day, if that doesn't actually help promote a better environment down below. Oh gosh, James, I mean, <laughs> six to one, it's, it's, it's quite, potatoes, potatoes, it's right? It's like, it's, I mean, each to their own. I think yeah. as long as you keep everything nice and clean down there, I have friends that in England, they take bottles of water with them to yeah. clean themselves. Huh. Uh, and I have others where a tissue is a tissue is where they draw the line and they don't want to go any further. And I think as long as you're having regular showers and you are wiping and you make sure everything's clean, whatever you feel comfortable with is is effectively right. And of course, there's going to be like levels. If you're going to use a, a bidet, then yeah, it's going to be a bit more clean than than wiping. But just make sure it's clean down there. <laughs> that's, 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 do, do it as you will. Just make sure it's clean. I, I'm I'm curious though in Japanese culture. I got to talk to some folks from Japan because they've got all these fangle angled toilets i'm wondering do people actually use all these features or do they just use the thing as it's you know bog standard here we go the unit or do they use all the features i wonder i i I don't know people just never talk about it but i i do wonder yeah i i have no idea i have literally no idea but all i know and i don't know what it's like in canada when the uk if a toilet like is in a bathroom had a b-day it was a very posh place right so like if you went to a hotel and had a B-Day, then it was very, very well to do. Whereas here, you know, most bathrooms are also a standard, aren't they, in, in yeah. home? But it was considered like the gold standard. But nobody used it. Nobody tended to use it, but it was very posh. It was a very well-to-do house or establishment because there was a B-Day. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. No, I agree with you for sure. I, it's, it's... Okay. 
So we have some basic thoughts on anal fissures. We have some basic thoughts on cleanliness down below. Let's jump into our conversation on hemorrhoids. Issues with the rectum and the anus are serious, and there are. And, and I sort of did the the did the the, the litmus test of this. A, I, I'm getting all sorts of stuff. But you walk into a drugstore, you walk into a pharmacy, and you take a look at the shelf that has things to deal with hemorrhoids or fissures or, and and the list goes on. And there are a lot of different things out there, from creams to baths to stuff. It's not just a little niche. You know, one by one, you know, 12 inches by 12 inch little piece of the shelf. It's, it's big, it's big time real estate taken up, which makes me think this is kind of something that's going on. And I, I, you know, I'm sure people are kind of saying, I got a, a problem down below. Can you, you fire me at the shelf where I need to go? Cause it's huge. And so I thought, wait, well, this is a great opportunity for us to have that talk. It's an embarrassing topic that people don't really like to mention, isn't it? Yeah. And also, it's actually something that sometimes the symptoms can can seem a little bit more sinister than they are. So, for instance, let's talk about the most obvious, which is hemorrhoids. People know it know them as piles. Oh, is if that okay? Go, is that what piles are? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, people don't realise it's the same thing. Because because in, in North America, I think we're almost exclusively called them. I mean, I could be wrong, but I I only remember people call them hemorrhoids, roids, you know. But I, I I've got piles. I don't remember people ever. Say, I mean, I've heard the term. But I don't remember hearing people talk about it so much. So, ah, there we go. Thank you very much for that. Piles, hemorrhoids, same thing. That's an American. That's an American term, like a colloquial term, piles. Uh. And yeah, so say someone says, "Oh, I've got piles." What they're actually referring to is fresh red blood, often that they see on wiping. Now, that's quite that's quite a scary thing to see. So you go yeah. to the toilet, you wipe your bottom, and you see fresh red blood. People can get quite concerned. Sure. So the difference between bleeding internally, so within your colon, and um, what you would suggest as hemorrhoids is the fact that, one, you just see, tend to see the blood on wiping or it happens just at the end of the bowel movement. It's not mixed in with your stool. Mm. And it's only, only it tends to be a smaller amount of bleeding as well. And you can often get like a discomfort at the same time in your, in your rectal area. So it might be like a burning or a stinging. And all these are signs to say that this isn't, it's not, doesn't tend to be sinister and it's hemorrhoids. And a quick examination would show you external hemorrhoids rather than internal hemorrhoids. And the difference is, can you see them when you look at your back passage or are they a little bit higher up so that you can't see them? And so it's usually quite easy to distinguish. But people can get very, very anxious and very nervous, run to the doctors, which you should absolutely do if you do see bleeding. But they can have, be in quite a state thinking, gosh, have I got colon cancer? Is it something serious? And actually, it's just something very benign and something that's very common in, in a lot of people. All right. Well, what was that? That was Doc Talk Light with Dr. Jenna Burton. We had a lot of fun, didn't we? We talked cars. Then we talked about things you don't regularly talk about. Really glad you stuck around. I hope you learned something. Hemorrhoids, fissures, cleanliness, car seats. Doc Talk Light. Get in touch with us. You got something you want to say. Something's on your mind. Potaholics with a K at gmail.com. It's that simple. Thanks for listening. Share the link. So long for now.